Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word from May 16th, 2022. I'm teaching a series right now on God's grace and our faith and how God does everything that he does for us by grace, unearned, unmerited, undeserved, how we do everything in response to God's grace by faith. And so by faith, we lay hold of what God has already provided. And so this is how we live. It's God's grace and our faith. It's the grace life, but we are the just and we're called to live by faith. Along those lines, I've been teaching you that faith works by love. And so we've been learning a lot about the love of God and how our faith is going to be strong only when we are convinced that God loves us. So I'm going to bring all of that stuff together this morning from the word of God. And I believe that you're going to be blessed. Please open up your heart to the word. All right, so getting getting into the word. This is God's grace and our faith, part 16. Faith works by love, part 15. And the title of today's message is when God's unconditional love becomes your reality. When God's unconditional love becomes your inner reality. I've been teaching you about the love of God, but that doesn't mean that you learning something means that you automatically live it, right? So your learning must turn into living. Your information must turn into application the love of God that I've been teaching you about has to become your inner reality. Let's talk about it. Our scriptures that we've been looking at, John 1 and 14, the Bible says the word Jesus became flesh. He made his dwelling among us. We were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the father who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John 1 and 17, the Bible says the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 5 and 6 For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is not about your performance, not about external works, availeth anything, but all that matters now is faith, and faith works by love. Ephesians 3, 16 through 20, the Bible says, and I pray that he, God, would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and his explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep down on the inside of you and the resting place of God's love will become the very source and the root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all of his dimensions, how deeply intimate it is, how far reaching it is, how enduring it is, how inclusive it is. This is endless love that I'm talking about that is beyond all measurement. It transcends all understanding. It is an extravagant love that the that the Holy Ghost pours inside of you until you are overflowing with the fullness of God. And so then, and only then can Ephesians 3 and 20 come to manifestation. You can, then you won't doubt God's mighty power to work inside of you to accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. He will achieve more than your most unbelievable dream. And he will exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. It's all about him for his miraculous power energizes you. But none of that is going to happen until you are convinced 
that God loves you, that God loves you with this unconditional, endless, unyielding love, that he loves you and there's nothing you could do about it. And he wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. He's a good God. Say amen to that. Glory to God. All right, so let's get into this. I have three things. What does this mean for you today on this Monday morning? Set in the tone for the whole week. I have three things to share with you on this morning. This is going to be so good. And so let's get into these three things. I want you to open up your heart to receive. You ready? Number one, here we go. Number one, God wants you to accept and embrace the reality of his love based on his unearned grace. Say this. You can put this in the chat. You can just say this out loud. Say, I embrace the reality of God's love. You got to embrace the reality. Now, I've been teaching you about the love of God. That doesn't mean that you embrace it. I've been teaching you about the love of God. That doesn't mean that you live it. I've been teaching you about the love of God, but you guys say, I embrace it. I, I fully embrace the reality of God's love in my heart. I've been driving home this point, and I'm going to keep driving it home today. You ready? All right, here we go. You will never become the man or the woman that God has called you to be until you see yourself as that person on the inside. You got you to gotta see yourself as, as, as the man or the woman that God destined for you to be on the inside first. I've taught you this before, but let me, let me explain it again. Um, so, and maybe, maybe somebody's new, right? So I've taught you before that you have to see it before you can be it, right? You have to see it on the inside before you will ever be it on the outside. If you can't see it, you can't have it. That's how the kingdom works. The kingdom is I have to see it on the inside before I, I see the manifestation of it on the outside. And once I see it on the inside, it's only a matter of time before I have in my hands what I've received in my heart. God reveals it to me in my heart first, and I receive it on the inside. And once I can see it, it's only a matter of time before I be it. And so seeing it first is the key. I have to see it. I have to see it. Seeing it on the inside is critical. My point here is that you will never see yourself the way that God sees you until you are convinced that God loves you, which is what I've been teaching you, right? So you will never see yourself the way that God sees you until you are convinced that God loves you. You got to see it on the inside. And the only way you're going to see it in the fullness of what God wants to do in your life is if you are convinced that God loves you. You're not trying to convince God of anything. God is convincing you. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. I love you with unconditional love. See, once you're born again, you're declared righteous because of Jesus. You're not free to sin. You're free from sin. I've taught you that before. And so you're not free to sin by the grace of God. You're free from the power of sin. Sin is no longer your issue. God is not stumbling over your sin. Now, of course, he doesn't want you to walk in sin. Neither do I. But we, but the only way we're going to walk in God's best is if we uh, stop living sin conscious and we become righteousness conscious and the grace of God and the love of God conscious. So I, once I know that God loves me with this unconditional love and sin is not my issue and I'm not going to hell, now I don't want to sin. I, I'm not going to, I'm avoid sin. Why? Because I'm free from it. And I just want to please my daddy who loves me with this unconditional love. So you can't live your life focused on sin and your performance and then be led of the Holy Spirit at the same time. Let me, let me say that again. You can't live your life focused on my performance and then sin. And basically sin is my, the flaws of my performance, my failures. I can't live my life focused on me, my performance, my, my flawed performance, and basically sin 
and then be led of the Holy Spirit at the same time. The Holy Spirit is going to lead me to, to, to live a different type of reality. When I'm living led by the Holy Spirit, sin is long, no longer my issue. I'm not even thinking about sin. I'm, I'm too focused being me. I'm, I'm too focused being the man, the woman that God called me to be. I'm too focused. When, I, when, I, my, when my feet hit the ground in the morning, when my feet, when I get out of the bed, boom, as soon as my feet get out of the bed, boom, I know that my calling is calling me. Man, I had too much stuff to do to be worrying about sin. And so now my purpose is calling me. My, I am a man of God. God has called me to walk in the fullness of the calling wherewith I am called. Jesus died to deliver me from the power of sin and death. And so now I'm not consumed with the world. I'm not consumed with sin or self or selfish desires. I'm consumed with God and his love and his grace and his purpose. And I'm too focused on being who it is that God has called me to be, to be focused on anything else. This is the way that we're supposed to live. But this type of transformation happens on the inside first. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And I've told you before that this is soul prosperity. You will never have, you can put that in the chat too, you will never have life prosperity until you have soul prosperity. Let me say that again. You will never have life prosperity on the outside until you have soul prosperity on the inside. Let me explain. So what is your soul? I've taught you this before, but your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will. Your mind, that's the way you think. Your emotions, that's the way you feel. Your will, that's the way you make decisions. So all of that, your mind, your emotions, your will are contained in your soul. Now, when you got born again, your spirit got saved, but not your soul. When you, when you got born again, your spirit was made new instantly, right? So your spirit was changed instantly. Your soul is being changed progressively and your body will be changed eventually. So one glad morning when this world is over, I'll fly away and I'll get another body. So I'm not worried about my body because I'm going to have a, a new body someday. I'm not worried about my spirit because my spirit's already changed. So now my focus is, is my soul. My soul is my mind, my emotions, my will. The way that I think, the way that I feel, the way that I make decisions. And I have to line that up with the word of God. And so now my mind, my emotions, and my will that's the, the saving of my soul, the transformation of my soul that happens on the inside. I have to think and feel and make decisions like God. I have to see myself the way that God sees me. I have to have soul prosperity on the inside before I ever will have life prosperity on the outside. So you will never consistently walk in what you do not believe. Let me say that again. You will never consistently walk in what you do not believe. So let, let me explain what I'm saying. I'm talking about consistently. If you look at your, your life, you are receiving and experiencing consistently what you believe on the inside. Now, you may deviate from that from time to time, right? Let's say that you're born again, you're righteous, but you believe you're supposed to be living this way holy, but you mess around and you go out with your girls from that not that are not saved and you're married and they're single. Well, that was a dumb decision, first of all. But anyway, you go hang out with them for the weekend, and then you wind up doing some stuff that you, you were not supposed to do. You deviated from the path. Okay. You may deviate from time to time, uh, but then you'll come right back to where, where your belief system is because your belief system is your compass. Or let me say it a different way. You come to church, you really don't believe God, but you come and you're in, in church and you have this moment, this experience. It was amazing. And in that moment, woo, you really had this encounter with God, but then you go right back Monday through Friday to live in the way that you was living before because you're not going to consistently experience what you do not believe. And so your belief system is your compass. Your belief system is going to keep you. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, 
so is he. So your life will consistently produce what you quite literally believe. Your life will consistently produce what you quite literally believe. So whatever is happening in your soul, if, if I can tell what's happening in your soul a couple of ways. Number one, I can just listen to you because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So your, your mouth is telling everybody what's going on in your heart, right? So I can just listen to you and see what's going on in your heart. And then second of all, I can look at you. I can, I can experience you and your life is telling people what's going on in your heart because your life is going to produce consistently what you believe quite literally. So your belief system. So now for you to experience what God wants you to experience, your belief system has to be lined up with him. You have to believe what God believes about you. So the life you experience on this planet is a manifestation of what's going on in your heart. What, what, what you experience on the outside on this planet is an external manifestation of what's going on in your heart. That's why God deals with your heart first. And that's why today I'm dealing with your heart. This is why God is trying to get you to change on the inside to experience his love for you. And this is why God actually leads you to bless those that curse you. He leads you to pray for them that are coming up against you. He leads you to do good to them that are despitefully using you because he wants you to go from classroom love to lab, hands-on love. You actually have to do it to experience it. You can't just know God from a book. You have to experience God. This is why, why uh, when I'm teaching on the love of God, I may call for the, the altar and say, hey, if you, if you haven't forgiven somebody, if you're carrying some stuff around in your heart and God is saying, today's the day to let it go, come up here. If I ever call for that, the altar is always full. I'm talking about people that come to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and they're carrying around a root of bitterness in their heart. And they come up there and, and then I prayed for people at the altar that need to release something. And I said, you know, I, I remember this person was like, I need to forgive my father. I was like, okay, well, let's release it. And then I want you to call him. And she was like, oh no, he died five years ago. <laughs> I was like, what? You, what? And you're carrying, you're in church. I, I see you every Sunday. You're in here singing songs and you're carrying around this root of bitterness towards somebody that's dead. That's ridiculous. I mean, like, come on. And this is, you got to experience the love of God. This change has to happen on the inside. The Bible is not looking for you to quote it. The Bible is not looking for you to sing it. No, the Bible is looking for you to live it. And so, so you got to release this stuff. You got to go from, from classroom to hands-on training. The only way to experience the love of God is to experience the love of God. So, so God is going to have you to do it. God is going to have you to release some stuff, to let some people go, to pray for them, to in earnest, to like it. I, the other day I was talking to somebody last week and at, at work, somebody was coming up against them and like attacking them. I said, oh, hey, guess what? Let's pray for them. Let's pray for them. That's what the love of God does. Like, first of all, their, their poison can't stop your purpose. So I ain't even worried about that. But let's pray for them. That if that person knew any better, they would leave you alone. See, when you start to experience the love of God, I'm talking about for real, for real, and you open up your heart to the love of God and you get delivered from performance-based religion, now you're in a position to where God can change you. He can use you to change the world because now he's ministering to you on the inside. This thing has to happen on the inside before it can happen on the outside. Say amen to that. Number two, number two, for your faith to be strong, it must be rooted and grounded in the reality of God's love towards you. For your faith to be strong, it has to be rooted and grounded in the reality of God's love towards you. Paul said, and we've been looking at it for days, the resting place of God's love will become the very source and the root of your life. See, God is love. And so your faith 
must be rooted and grounded in God's love. And love is an inside job. So God is not focused on your outer man. Uh, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians, the Bible says that your outer man is perishing day by day. Uh, uh, your, while your outer man is perishing, your inner man is being renewed day by day. So you have an outer man, this body, that is constantly in a state of degradation. Now, God can renew our body. He can give us, re renew our youth like the eagle. But at the end of the day, this body is perishing. It is in a constant state of degradation. But our inner man is being renewed every single day through the Holy Spirit. So, so love is an inside job. This thing is happening in, on the inside through the Holy Spirit. So while your outer man is perishing, your inner man is being renewed, and this divine change happens on the inside first. So let me say it this way. Love is something that takes place internally, and then we get to express it externally. So love has to take place internally. The, the love of God becomes the very source and the root of my life, and then I get to express it externally. So on those occasions, when I am a conduit of God's love, and, and I'm expressing the love of God towards another person. I'm loving someone with the love of the Lord. It's happening as an external manifestation of an internal reality. Let me say that again. If the love of God ever flows through you, and prayerfully it does every day, whenever that happens, it is an external manifestation of an internal reality. Said, said another way, what I'm doing externally is a reflection of what's happening in my heart internally. And this happens in my heart through the Holy Spirit. So in Romans 5 and 5, the Bible says that God pours out his love in our heart through the Holy Spirit. So at that point, the love of God has come to me, and now the love of God is flowing through me. That's how ministry takes place. Now, you won't comprehend the revelation of God's goodness towards you until you develop a root of God's love in your heart. And let's talk about this root thing, because this is where God will... I said everything I just said to get to this point. This is where God wanted me to minister today. I'm talking about the root of God's love. The, the love of God has to be the source and the root of your life, of your heart, right? So, you know, in the parable of the sower, where Jesus said, uh, your heart can become full of other things. And so when the love of God comes to you, Romans 5 and 5, God pours out his love in our heart through the Holy Spirit. When God pours out his love in our heart through the Holy Spirit, the love of God wants to be the root, but our heart may be full of other roots. So now what happens is the Holy Spirit will help you to uproot things that were there so that you can then replace those roots with the root of God's love. And so there are a lot of people that come to God with roots. And matter of fact, there are people that have been walking with God for years and still have this, this stuff in their heart, roots of bitterness unforgiveness, malice, selfishness, and sin. And so what God does is that he seeks to uproot those things so that he can replace those roots with the root of his love, his amazing and endless love, because everything in the kingdom of God is rooted and grounded in God's love. So your heart, for you to walk in the fullness of your divine assignment, your heart must be conditioned to love. Say this and put that in the chat. Say, my heart is conditioned to love. You want to say, you want to declare that my heart is conditioned to love because once my heart is conditioned to love and once there's a root of God's love down in my heart, then now not only will I love other people, but my faith is going to be strong. My faith is going to be amazing because remember faith works by love. So once the love of God becomes the very source and the root of your life, your faith will be at a level that you've never experienced before because at that point, 
Your faith is not contingent upon you. Your faith is contingent upon God and his endless love towards you. So when your faith is based on God and his love towards you, your faith will be strong because you know that God's love towards you will never fail. Let me say it this way. If my faith is based on me, my performance, then my faith was going to waver because my performance wavers. But if my faith is based on God's love, ooh, glory to God, then my faith is going to be strong and unwavering because God's love towards me is strong and unwavering. And so if I believe that I can only have faith based on me and you know my level of goodness towards God, and if I do good, then God can bless me. And if I do bad, ooh, God is going to not bless me. Then my faith is always going to be wavering. But if I, I'm like, you know what? God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. And my faith is rooted and grounded in God's love and his goodness towards me and his grace and his unmerited favor. And I am going to become who it is that God has called me to be. And is de despite my faults and my flaws and my failures, I, by faith, I lay hold of what God has already provided. And when I do mess up, I'm quick to repent. I'm quick to receive forgiveness. I'm quick to forgive myself. And I'm quick to keep stepping. And so I'm going to be the man, the woman that God called me to be because I'm not going to trip over my performance because God is not tripping over my performance. And so now my love is, it, it, the love of God is in my heart and my faith is strong because my faith is based on God's unwavering love towards me. I've rooted up through the love of God, these roots of unforgiveness and bitterness and malice. And I'm letting those things go and I'm letting people go. And I'm no longer upset with people and I'm no longer carrying this thing around and I can sleep good. And I, I sleep and, I, and, my, and my sleep is sweet, glory to God. And I get up every morning knowing that I can walk in the love of God and I'm free and I'm not holding stuff anymore and I'm not holding. It's like, it's crazy. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and thinking the other person is going to get sick. That's ridiculous. The other person already moved on. The other person is already living their lives. They ain't even thinking about you and you're holding on to stuff that you need to let it go. And let me tell you something about closure because these people that say, oh, I need closure. Well, you need, maybe if the Holy Spirit leads you to go get closure, fine. But far too many Christians go out there and get into mess and they get into messy situations because they talk about they need closure. Did the Holy Spirit tell you, tell you go do that? If the Holy Spirit releases you, that's all the closure you, you need. Sometimes you go back to try to fix something or I need closure and then you wind up opening up a whole nother can of worms. Le be led of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit could just release you and say, that's all the closure you need, son. That's all the closure you need, daughter. Let it go. Forward ever, backward never. The best is yet to come. All right. I told you I was going to give you three things. Here's number three so we can close. Number three, it takes a while for you to wrap your mind and your heart around the immeasurable nature of God's love. But when you do, it's going to change you forever. So listen, uh, my last point for today, you're going to have a difficulty receiving God's best until you're convinced that he loves you and that he wants to bless you because he's good. So this is how it works. Love comes Remember when I was te teaching on the parable of the sower, the way that the parable of the sower works is that the flow is the word comes as soon as, as soon as the word comes, Satan comes, right? He, Satan comes to attack the word. So the word comes, Satan comes. And then, and then, you know, I taught through all that, but let me, let me do it this way. Love comes and then the root comes. So love comes and then God works on uprooting all that stuff that you have in your heart replacing that with the root of God's love. So love comes, the root comes, and now revelation comes. Come on, man. The love comes, the root comes, and now revelation comes. Because now that love is there, and now that the uh, root is there, 
And now that I know that God loves me, now I'm free to have revelation and now I can receive. God will talk to me. He will give me open visions while I'm awake. He will give me dreams while I'm sleeping. He will speak to me through the Holy Spirit while I'm praying. He will read. He will speak to me while I'm reading scripture. He will speak to me through someone else. And now God is always speaking to me and he's revealing me to me. He's introducing me to me, to the me, the version of me that he destined me to be from the foundations of the world. And now that the all that other stuff is out of my heart and the root of God's love is there. Love comes, the root comes, here comes revelation. Revelation comes. And so now I'm seeing myself and now I can believe what God believes about me because I'm no longer beating myself up. I'm no longer seeing myself as down. I'm no longer judging myself based on my own performance. I'm no longer holding myself back because of what he said or she said or none of that. I'm no longer holding myself back because of all the failures that I've had in life. It doesn't matter. Oh, oh but you don't understand, Brother Pena, I went through a divorce. Oh, do you don't understand, Brother Pena, I went to jail before. You don't understand, Brother Pena, I had a bankruptcy. You don't understand. Listen, stop. You're judging yourself by the world standards. Let all that stuff go. Love comes. The root comes. Revelation comes. And when the revelation comes, you just got to believe what God believes about me. God, if that's what you're re revealing to me, glory to God, I receive it. I receive it. I believe what you believe about me. I will become that. If that's what you want me to be, I will become that. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but I believe it. I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I believe it. Love has come. The root is there. Revelation is flowing. And now I believe what God believes about me. And my faith is strong because my faith is rooted and grounded in the love of God. That's the source and the root of my life. Oh, glory to God. So now the Holy Spirit, everything the Holy Spirit reveals to me, I'm free to go do it. Everything the Holy Spirit reveals to me, I'm free to walk in it. Anything the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I'm down for whatever. And now it's why? Because revelation comes. And now my heart is full with God's love and it's the very source and the root of my life. And so I'm living this way. I believe what God believes about me. Whatever the, Wherever he leads, I'm down for it. I, I will be who it is that God has called me to be. I will do what it is that God has called me to do. And it's not based on me. It's based on this. God loves me with an unconditional love. He's leading me by his amazing Holy Spirit. And if he believes it, then I believe it. If he believes it, then I believe it. God, you want to do that through me? I don't know why you would want to do it through me, but if you want to do it through me, thank you, Jesus. I believe it. And so now I am believing what God believes about me because there's a, a root of God's love and the, the love of God is the very source and the root of my life. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Man, I was I was preaching better than you saying amen. I feel good on that one. Glory to God. Let's close this thing out. Set the tone for this Monday morning. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I declare by faith that I rest in your love. You pour your love into my heart by the Holy Spirit. I receive your love. I believe your love. I am fully persuaded by your love to believe what you believe about me. You are not tripping over my performance. You are not dissuaded by my flaws. Therefore, I won't be either. From now on, I focus my attention on the revelation of the Holy Spirit and I refuse to factor in what you've already factored out. You use me despite my performance, not because of it. You use me because you love me. When your Holy Spirit pours your love into my heart with the goal of making it the root of my life, he also works with me to uproot bitterness, unforgiveness, malice, hurt, pain, and selfishness. So as those things are uprooted from my heart, 
The only root that remains is the root of your love. So now I'm free to be the man or woman you've called me to be. This is why I'm convinced greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, you want these messages, you want my notes, you get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Go into the chat. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with with your friends. If you like this content and uh, you want more content from Isabella and I, I'm so excited about this this Patreon thing. Go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. Isabella and I are putting out content. We're mentoring people in a private uh, forum. And so check that out if you're interested. Listen, have an amazing day. Walk in the love of God. May the love of God become the very source and the root of your life. See you tomorrow morning. God bless you.